Welcome to Fear and Greed, the week ahead. I'm Sean Aylmer, and as always, I'm joined by economist Stephen Kukoulis. You'll find him at thekook.com and on Twitter using the handle thekook. Stephen, good morning. A very good morning to you, Sean. Now, we're both back from holidays. We're both yes. settled down. We're both, you know, raring to go. Yet last week was a pretty quiet week for the economists out there, including yourself. We had Phil Lowe, the Reserve Bank Governor, speaking at a Committee for Economic Development of Australia function. Not that he said much, really. Not really. His speech sort of really uh, on the macroeconomy side of the uh, equation was pretty much as expected. You know, the economy's slowing down, inflation's still a problem. The labour market's got incredible tightness. You know, it's very hard to find workers at the moment and wages are picking up. So sort of what they were saying earlier this month in their quarterly statement. But he did say a couple of other, you know, what we might term structural or management issues for the RBA. And he was highlighting the fact that on his, in his view, inflation is going to be more volatile because of a change in supply chain issues, a, a what do we call it, a, a homing, if you like, of the manufacturing sector in many countries. They would prefer to make stuff at home rather than rely on you know, someone overseas, and of course, when the supply chain breaks, that you can't get your product. So he's just sort of saying that those sorts of things and climate change, of course, could just lead to, you know, greater volatility in inflation and therefore greater volatility in interest rates. Sort of a, a theory at this stage. But anyway, it was sort of something that we, we read about carefully and um, well, be interesting to see how it pans out. Yeah, I suppose it's interesting that they're thinking about it. I mean, of course, that's their job to think about it. But if he's talking about it, they're thinking probably quite deeply about it. Indeed. And I think you put that in the context of the current you know, deliberations that they will have in coming weeks and coming months on on monetary policy, you know, mm. you know, and it comes to the question that was, you know, was legitimate a few months ago and it still is, you know, does hiking interest rates now really impact on supply chain issues or the energy price effects from the war in Ukraine and these sorts of things? The short answer, it probably doesn't. So why are you hiking interest rates? You know, so do we have to live with a with a more erratic, I suppose, inflation rate? Yeah, I mean, it's just interesting last week, taking it away from Australia, we had the Fed Open Market Committee minutes come out. Clearly, they're thinking about slowing the pace of rate rises. New Zealand is the opposite. Yes. They're going, they were talking about going 100 basis points, not 75 basis points. Central banks around the world are kind of in different spheres of how they're managing their economies. They are indeed. And well, New Zealand, gosh, I read the statement with a great deal of interest when they when they hiked to 75 and, as you said, gave consideration to 100. My goodness. Yeah, you know, all the forecasts are for a recession. They're, they're forecasting mm. a recession and they still went 75 points and they've still got another 100 basis points or thereabouts priced into their modelling of the economy. So they think that they really do need a recession to bring inflation down. So that's an ultra, ultra hawkish approach. The Fed, yeah, they're, they're looking to sort of scale back the size of the rate hikes. So let's see what they actually do. But again, some of the more, what do we call it, measured members of the of mm. the Fed were sort of saying, look, there's evidence that inflation's coming down, commodity prices are down, some of the supply chain issues, speak of the devil, <laughs> are showing signs of repair. And that, you know, once we get to the first quarter or certainly the middle of next year, we'll see clear evidence that inflation's coming back down. Now, not in a hurry, but at least we'll have a very, very clear turning point coming there. So the debate hot overseas and I think that's you know the sort of debate that the RBA will have when when it meets in December and then early in the new year. Okay this week retail sales for October it'll be interesting certainly anecdotally the retailers themselves aren't saying e-commerce is certainly coming off but bricks and mortar selling ain't too bad. 
Yeah, and these are seasonally adjusted, so it's not just the effect of, you know, we're getting close to Christmas and people are spending up and, you know, the weather's better and we're all having holidays. So, But, you know, th- there is evidence that the retail sector is actually quite resilient. So despite consumer sentiment being really weak right in the doldrums, you know, we've still got savings, we're still spending. And look, these numbers will probably confirm a slowing in the rate of increase in retail spending, but probably won't be negative. So again, just want to sort of kick off the December quarter data for the October retail sales, probably an okay number. Okay. Building approvals? Yeah, trending down. Uh, again, very, very choppy month to month. You know, if there's a big apartment block developed in Sydney or Melbourne or Brisbane, yeah, you'll have a big month on month, on month jump. But the trend is the trend is softening. It's not a free fall. So we've still got a fair bit of um, construction of dwellings going on there. But, you know, there's still this weakness coming through. I think a lot of builders are now confronting, you know, the higher input costs, and that includes labour. So tradespeople who, you know, lay the bricks and screw in the screws and <laughs> hammer in the nails and those sort of things, that there is a real constraint on building and building quickly and cheaply or affordably. And that's also coming into play when house prices are drifting lower. So you've got that, you know, the, the equation for a lot of property developers is rather simple. I don't need to build. It's going to be really squeezed uh, whether I make a dollar or two out of it. So, yeah, the trend lower for building approval, approvals will come through again. Capital expenditure. I know you like this one because it really does say a lot about what business is thinking about. Well, it's pretty uh, upbeat, you know, and if we look at what the previous quarter said, these are quarterly numbers, so um, we have to wait three months for them, and here we are, we're going to be getting it later this week. We'll show, we'll probably show an increase in business investment, both in machinery and equipment, a really important part of CapEx, of course, but also buildings and structures, and, you know, people think, well, why is the business so optimistic? You know, we've got rate hikes and the global economy is slowing down. I think the issue is, a bit more um, underlying than that, and recall that when we had the COVID lockdowns, you know, which was only last year and the year before, a lot of businesses shelved their CapEx plans. Well, they couldn't actually get them done for one, and obviously there was a huge amount of economic uncertainty. So, they, you know, they just, they just pushed them to the side for a while. They've now discovered that, gee, I do need that extra warehouse. I do need to ramp up my IT spend and all these sorts of things. So that's one reason why I think CapEx is going to be quite resilient. So I'd be looking later this week for CapEx to be up about 3 or 4% quarter on quarter. Okay. And the big one for you, Stephen, you've been calling for this ever since I've known you, monthly CPI. It's oh. month two, isn't it? It is, and I'm rejoicing. The the ABS of, I think they're still referring to it as an experimental inflation right, uh, right. result because they just do want to get a little bit more of the history. Uh, but yes, hooray, we've got the October monthly CPI coming out. So I, I must confess, I, I haven't seen a consensus forecast and I haven't tried to forecast it, but you know, probably the highly volatile element in it will be you know, petrol price and those sorts of things. Uh, but you know, here we go, we're going to be getting a number for the month of October, which of course, is a lead into the December quarter. And if you know, we'll be watching incredibly closely for any hints that inflation's sort of topping out, even if it is just from a narrow, narrow uh, basket of items in the monthly figure. But hooray, well done, the ABS. Uh, once we get a little bit more of a track record on the monthly numbers, you know, we'll be able to interpret these numbers a whole lot better. But hey, um, you've got to start somewhere and well done. I'm excited to see a monthly inflation rate. Stephen, have a good week. Thank you, Sean. That was economist Stephen Kukoulis, better known as The Kook, T-H-E-K-O-U-K. You can find him at thekook.com and follow him on Twitter using the handle The Kook. I'm Sean Aylmer and this is Fear and Greed, the week ahead. <laughs> 